Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back. Two-tell Nuanas minus the two-tell plus the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. I'm Coulter Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the ESPN studios right here in the Garden City. If you're listening on the radio, 102.9 ESPN, 102.9 FM, that is. You already knew that, though. And if, you, if you're listening on the television or watching on the television, as it were, you see Riley's beautiful face. You see me on the other side of the table. But thank you so much for watching. Statewide, SWX Montana. Every day from 4 to 6, Monday through Friday. If you want to listen live, you can check out the stream. Go to 1029ESPN.com. Stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call us, text us, well, you're going to need that number here in just a quick minute. we got giveaways coming up in each of the next two segments. Also, 
Appreciate the text we got from a uh, caller slash texter earlier in the show. We will get to your question about Bo Baldwin and his presence at Cal Poly. Got to talk a little hoops before that. But if you missed anything in the first hour, had a great first hour, great discussion about the balance or lack thereof at the FCS level. Also had a little bit of trivia, and we also gave you some comings and goings from the Grizz football team, including Milton Mamula, sophomore defensive end, entering the NCAA transfer portal, as well as four verbal commits from in-state, highlighted by Camden Sermon, Missoula Sentinel quarterback. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. But uh, it's almost hoops time, Riley. Oh, it's here. So you're the voice of the Grizz for both football and men's basketball. You're also a very uh, organized planning style guy. We haven't even gotten the schedule in terms of where the Grizz are going to play or any of that for a long time. I know you've been a little bit more in the know than, than the rest of us out here, you know, in, in the common man's world, but everything's been in flux. I mean, I talk, we talked to Coach DeCure late October, and he said, hey, we had five games, then we had three games, then we had two games, then we had one game. Somebody asked him, you know, what do you think of – have you prepared for your non-conference? He's like, well, I'm not wasting my time looking at non-conference games. This was a month ago, but I'm not wasting my time looking at non-conference games until we know who we're playing. But now we got the schedule solidified, so take the people through it. You'll be on the road with the Grizz uh, for each of the next five weeks as they play these four Power 5 games. As of right now, the Grizz will not play a home game until January 2nd of 2021. So they'll play all six games on the road. Four of them are in the non-conference. Starting this weekend, hopefully, I might have to bubble wrap myself to get off the plane in L.A., (laughs) but uh, they open up at USC, and boy, that's going to be a a challenge to start. You you face a lottery pick in Evan Mobley. He's uh, He's projected to be fourth overall right now the number top three recruit in the entire country USC gets them so uh, that'll start the year for the Grizz and I know that it was a a lot of planning to try and get a game before the conference opener right I mean that's where your your butter is going to be bread we know the Grizzlies will open at Southern Utah uh, next weekend which would be December 3rd and December 5th but wanting to get a game before and when you go back to coach Takir mentioning the the schedule mess I mean you're seeing it right now with college basketball starting tomorrow we teased it at the top of the show but it is a disaster and it's going to continue to be a disaster with a team they could be on a flight Arizona State was on a flight to go play Baylor and mid-flight they got told that Baylor is not playing in this tournament now. You're going to be playing somebody else this weekend. I mean, it's going to be something like that. The Grizzlies are in a little bit different scenario because they are not in any of these preseason tournaments. And to me, I almost think that's a blessing in disguise because sure. it's it's you control your variables. Tracing can go crazy. Exactly. You control your variables. Okay, we're just talking to USC. How are you guys doing? And they check in day by day. And we're going to get into the protocols, traveling, everything in between. That, that's going to be crazy in of itself. But just the, the nuts and bolts of the schedule. They have four non-conference games, all Power 5 schools, all money games, quote-unquote money games, USC, Georgia, Washington, and Arizona. And the Georgia, Washington, and Arizona games are all spread out about a week apart in December. And what I can tell you is of those games, there were only two that have been on the schedule the entire time, Georgia and Arizona. The the other full full guarantee from Georgia, too, for those wondering about the money aspect, they're paying the full 90 grand, which is huge uh, in this pandemic because... Even a school like Arizona is only coming up with 55, and, and that's a powerhouse program. So the 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 uh, the decline in the amount of money that these teams are making for these non-conference games, is that's tough. It is, and that's why the adjustments had to happen. I mean, there were other sure. Pac-12 schools. I mean, Oregon was on the schedule for a long time, right. and it just 
But when, when you're when you're only offering thirty five grand, it's going to cost you twenty to get there. Yeah. Is it even? I mean, how do you even? You, you can't. can't. You can't pay the bills with just the fifteen grand. Absolutely not. So I mean, they, they finally settled on these teams. I know Coach Secure loves to get into California anytime he can. What's crazy about this roster, which again we'll talk more of, nine California guys out of fourteen. Nine. So, I mean, right. to get a game down in Southern California For sure. was huge to start. So, these four non-conference games, we'll see how many get played. I mean, I have to preface that because who knows how many are going to get played at this point. But uh, all are challenges. I do think, not to tease too much, but there is a good possibility there is maybe a home game in December as well. They're okay. working okay. on that, but okay. uh, we'll see. Obviously, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, no doubt. And make sure you tune into Riley anytime that they're on the road. These games will be on TV, but most of them, well, I guess three of them on the Pac-12 network, the other one on the SEC network, but the easiest way to find it is just to find Riley's broadcast on the Grizzly Sports Radio Network. So, uh, Riley, we had Travis Secure hosted a Zoom call last week. It was awesome. I thought he gave so much insight. We're going to share two pieces of sound with you from tomorrow. First of all, I thought he was very poignant, very direct, and very outside the box in his addressing of all the challenges that have stemmed from this pandemic. I thought that his quote about the vaccine and its potential uh, usage on student-athletes was very profound. Uh, He basically said that... We need to get this to a lot of other people before we get it to us. We'll share that sound with you tomorrow. We also have some other sound about the the challenges of this season and this schedule that we'll share for you tomorrow. But to me, the number one storyline that's going on right now in the country when it comes to Division I sports is the fact of the matter is that the NCAA exists primarily to administer championships. The NCAA does not administer the FBS college football playoff. That is an independent tournament that the NCAA has nothing to do with. They profit nothing off of the college football playoff. All the other 31 Division I sports, the NCAA is the controller of the championship, the golden goose being the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So when there's debate over, well, why can some people play football and other people can't? What's the deal? The NCAA has nothing to do with this. The NCAA actually, in fact, saw their way out of the conversation, gave schools full autonomy and conferences full autonomy to make their own decisions. The SEC and the ACC have made different decisions than the Big Ten, who then kind of backtracked to then get themselves invited to the dance. Then the Pac-12 comes back in. That's here nor there. We're not talking about any of that. The fact of the matter is that the NCAA basketball tournament getting canceled this last spring was a gigantic hit to not only the financial element of the NCAA, but also the reason that it exists as a whole, if you ever lose the NCAA basketball tournament or that becomes a third-party entity like the college football playoff, there's a lot that would argue that, one, that'll be the death of the NCAA, and two, it'll prove that the NCAA is, for lack of a better word, not necessary. And so I think that we're going to see all the contact tracing rules, all the, the testing rules in NCAA basketball right now are crazy. Like, for example, if you have a kid test positive before you get on the plane back from L.A., and you get the results before you fly home, they have to leave that kid there. That's insane. <laughs> you just got to leave the kid in L.A. and he's got to quarantine for two weeks. Then what's the contact? I mean, we're guys, we're going to get into a little bit more of that tomorrow, but the fact of the matter is the NCAA is going to make this thing happen no matter what. All you got to do is play 13 games to have a tournament, and we'll see how this whole thing evolves between now and March. But before we get to your thoughts on this, Riley, I thought that Sean Rainey asked Travis Dekir a great question. He basically said, Coach, do you think that we're forcing this thing. And here's what Travis DeKear had to say, plus some other thoughts just on the NCAA tournament as a whole. Montana head basketball coach Travis DeKear on Tutel and Nuanas. Was there a time, Trav, where maybe you're, you're doing the schedule eight times and all the logistics where you feel like, 
I don't know, maybe we're uh, forcing this. And maybe we should just, you know, like we're doing a square peg into a round hole here. You know, like, did you ever get that sense or, or are you good with, you know, plug along with how we've been doing? I, I do feel like we're forcing it. There's no question about that. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. And, and you know, a lot of people are going to question um, what, what's best for the student athlete. And, and, you know, there's the physical health, but there's also the mental health. And a lot of these young men and women um, have built their life around basketball. And, you know, from 18 to 24, some of them, um, have played a lot of basketball in their life. And to go from March to November without competing against someone other than your teammate is a long time. And, and I think that that's part of what led into making the season exempt is the mental health of the student athlete. And, and look how many student athletes we've lost in the last few months due to the pandemic. And I'm not talking lost to coronavirus. We're, 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 there, there've been a lot of other things that have played in to dysfunction for these young athletes. And, and so sometimes getting them on the floor with an official and a whistle is important to their mental health because it's what they identify with. And, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that we're in that statement, but I honestly feel like I know for my team, that we've, we've, we've had a number of guys that have been out of character because basketball has not really been there. We, we've worked out, we've practiced, but the uncertainty of basketball has played a role in this. And even the guys that are gone, that have moved on, that are playing internationally, there's some guys that have had this impact them negatively because basketball hasn't been what they're used to it being. So we're walking a thin line right now is to take it away for two seasons, really, and, and hope that they survive it or try to get through it. I don't know what the best answer is. I think that changes on a daily basis. And to follow up on Sean's question, uh, it's so interesting to watch what the FBS has done in college football. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the NCAA does not control the college football playoff. as an independent entity. So therefore, their main tournament is the NCAA tournament. And it seems like the NCAA has to have this tournament no matter what this year, and just in terms of financial viability. So what do you think of the decision to move it to a neutral site? And what do you think of just that the pressure they're basically putting on men's college basketball to help the, the entity as a whole sustain? Well, I, I think there's a lot of people that need the NCAA tournament to take place more so than just the NCAA. When For sure. You look at some of these small conferences um, that – use that NC2A money um, to pay for scholarships, to, to, to just pay for a lot of things to stay in business that without those dollars, there may be some athletic programs that shut down. And if you look at that as a possibility as, as, as maybe a department shutting down and not having athletics, which there's been talk of that in a lot of places, that's a lot of students that are no longer in school. Um, and, and so I, I just think that it's, it's, it, it, it's hard. It's hard for everyone. Right. And, and if there's another season without it, then I think it is, I think the NCAA tournament now is in jeopardy moving forward. And a lot of conferences start coming together and try to find, um, other ways to, to 
survive financially um, and, 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 you know, just to move forward. So there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people to make something happen. And, and right now college basketball is the only sport that has the ability to bring in money with the exception of a small portion of football teams that have crowds. And, and even those don't have enough people at their games to probably offset the money that they're spending to do what they do. So um, I, I think it, you're right. It, it's a lot of pressure on one sport to save uh, a lot of athletic budgets. Um, and, and, and it's a hard position to be in because you wonder, you know, why you make your decisions. But, but that's why I always go back to what the student athletes want. And I think the most important thing that the NC2A did do is give all of these students an opportunity to opt out without it being held against them. And then also giving them this, this year uh, as an exempt season so they can have it back so that they're making the decision as to whether they want to be out there or not, whether they feel that way or not, that's up to the staff um, to make them feel comfortable with the decision that they made and feel like it's a decision that they made. But I, I think that what you're seeing is a lot of these young men and women want to be out there on the floor, not that they're all the best decision makers when it comes to these types of things, but hopefully they're all out there because they want to be out there, not because they feel like they have to. Sorry, one more follow-up on that. I mean, you mentioned the fact that there's, there's been a lot of scuttle about maybe if the NCAA tournament didn't happen, some schools still trying to find a way to have some sort of money-making venture. Do you worry about smaller conferences like the Big Sky getting left behind if that's the case? Um, you know, I honestly feel like there's a lot of coaches, in, in at least that I've had interaction with nationally, that – whether there was NC2 money, NC2A money out there or not, that they would like to see a way to get their student athlete on the floor um, because that's what those students want. And, and like I say, there's a lot of perspective out there in terms of why they're out there more so than just how much money someone's going to make off of a tournament. Right, the NBA draft is taking place tonight, and there's some young men out there that didn't have a postseason last year that are being affected. Um, there's some seniors that moved on that didn't have opportunities to play professionally because of the way their seasons ended, and and you're looking at another cycle of that. If we don't play basketball this year, you're looking at a high school class. And, and let's just go top to bottom. Let's take NC2A out of it and look at NAIA Division Three. Look at the small levels of young men and women that are using basketball as an opportunity to get an education and move forward. I've got a young man on my team right now that not going to play professional basketball, but you know what? He, he's got a mentor. Um, he's, he's, he's applied for an internship that could lead to a very, um, profitable, successful career in business two years from now. And if it weren't for basketball, he wouldn't have this opportunity. So I, I think there's more athletes that are benefiting from playing the sport outside of being a professional or NC2A dollars coming back to their department. And those are the ones that we also need to um, because in the, of when we have these conversations, the future college athletes and the current ones that are using this as a tool to get their academics uh, moving forward and having career and being successful in life and contributing to these communities. So there you go. 
Montana head basketball coach Travis DeCure talking a little bit about the NCAA tournament. What's your thought, Riley? I mean, are they forcing this? They are. They are. I mean, they absolutely are right now. I, I think that you look at what we're going through with scheduling mess and trying to push forward these games just because they've happened in the past. Uh, I just don't see it. What what did football do, right? Conference only. And it's still kind of a disaster at this point. I think that we're forcing it right now. Do I think that the NCAA tournament down the road is going to happen? Yes, for all the reasons that you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. it's weird because we're in a state right now of, man, I mean, the outbreaks are, are bad. And how are we going to play sports through all of this? But at the end of the day... I have no doubt in my mind that there is going to be an end date to the season because this NCAA tournament has to happen. With that being said, and if that really is going to be what the NCAA wants to steer itself towards, drop the minimum of games you have to play. I mean, because mm-hmm. that, that, everybody right now, from what I've been told, everybody's chasing that 13-game minimum. Games, yep. And if you drop that 13-game minimum, then that means that you actually care about the health and safety, which is what they always say all the time, and right. out of an abundance of caution and all of those sure. terms that we've heard ad nauseum for the last couple of months. If you really care about that, drop the minimum amount of games, and then that way people can really just focus in on the conference aspect of it. I know this year I'm not going to be upset if we don't have the Big Ten ACC Challenge, right? Sure, I, you know, sure. th- those non-conference matchups in a normal year. How do you balance it, though, from from a uh, Power Five and non-Power Five perspective? Like Montana's playing four money games. They need that money. I think that's where the system's broken. I think that we're realizing that right now, too. Not sure. not only in basketball, but in football. Eastern Washington, the moment that game against Florida got canceled. For football. For football. Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place here. But then that was a trickle-down effect within the athletic department. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's the same on a smaller scale for right. these non-Power Fives having to play Power Fives to fund their programs. Sure. It's a necessary evil where it doesn't make sense to do it. From uh, just a logistic standpoint, sure. but now, so I, I guess that's why the lack of leadership from the NCAA level is really shining, I would say, in the last eight months more than anything else is more of a, okay, well, we we know we kind of have to cater to the Power Fives because they have the money to get this done, right. and is it really safe for a team like Montana? And just, it, it goes to show you, Montana sitting right here in Big Sky Conference in general in that middle ground of they're being forced to go to these things where it doesn't make too much sense. Do I think conference games are going to happen? Should they happen? Absolutely. The non-conference part of it is what is just throwing it off. And again, these next five weeks are just, they're going to be interesting to watch. I mean, I went off on this a couple weeks ago when Clemson cut track because... There's about 50 roughly schools in the country that have so much money in their athletic department, they're just trying to find ways to throw it away. That's why you're paying $750,000 to play an FCS school if you're Florida. It's why you have 23 recruiting analysts on your staff if you're Dabo Swinney. But that's why it was just such a cop-out for them to cut men track and field. It's not a money issue. It's an allotment issue. You're paying... You have Dabo Sweeney probably has 10 dudes on his staff that are paid great salaries to text high school kids. That's their job. Make graphics and text high school kids. And meanwhile, your track program has produced eight Olympians and you'd cut it. I don't even have words for that. It's ridiculous. But I don't know how you fix it, though. That's the problem is you have to have these 
money-making machines because the trickle-down is real. And the trickle-down, we see it even with the Grizz and the Bobcats playing Division Two. sometimes. You need those buy games, and I just I don't know how you fix it unless you restructure it with some sort of revenue sharing or, or something. The hierarchy of money sharing in the NCAA, I think, is what is stemming back, at least to me, is what the problem is. And exactly with what you said there about Clemson track compared to how many people are on staff and when you're really creating the impact of what college sports is about, you're kind of losing your vision, I think. And that's what's really being shown right now. We're going to hook you up. We get, we're out of time. we got to go. We're going to come back. We're going to tell you a lot of other things about the NFL, about Camden, Sermon, Missoula, Sentinel, going to the Grizz. And uh, we're going to answer a question from the text line as well. But right now we got 25 bucks, Taglieri, Delicatessen, best sandwiches in all Missoula. What's your favorite? Doobie Brother, nonstop. Doobie Brothers Tur- is a money. Uh, I like the Beach Boy. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. We, we've sampled a variety of them on Two Tone Noirs. We'll continue <laughs> to sample them as we get back to it next week. But right now, we got 25 bucks, Taglieri, Delicatessen, right there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Give us a call, 361 3688. First caller, that's number one. First caller, going to get 25 bucks to Taglieri, Deli. You know what? We're going to do this on the next break. We got Dobie's Teriyaki at the top, too, so stay tuned. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, in with me. Coulter Nuwana's Tutel Nuwana's 129 ESPN Missoula. Today's business phone systems are required to do more than just answer phone calls. A cloud-based, or VoIP, voice system from Blackfoot Communications simplifies your business communications while adding features and capabilities. Your staff, remote or in-house, can provide the service your customers expect. With zero upfront investment, your future phone system is available today. Call 541-5000 or visit blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television Worldwide on either YouTube or 1029ESPN.com. Just click there on the live stream. Live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You want to find us online, go to 1029ESPN.com. Make sure to check out that knife giveaway. We got William Henry Knife for you from RPLS Fine Jewelry, worth almost $3,000. That's right, three grand for a pocket knife. Damascus steel adorned with jewels. It's pretty darn cool. So go check it out, 1029ESPN.com. You want to find us online or on the social medias, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. You can also find us on Twitter at 1029ESPN, or you can visit SkylineSportsMT.com, Skyline Sports every day, every season. Coulter Nuana is here, joined in the ESPN Missoula studio by Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. We're going to do some NFL, but first we got to answer a couple questions. So first of all, Riley, we got a text from a listener. By the way, if you missed anything on the pod or on the uh, first hour of the show or any of the show whatsoever, find it on the podcast. That's also 1029ESPN.com or on all your podcast apps or wherever you download your podcast, rate, review, subscribe. But we led this show, Riley, with a conversation about balance in the FCS. We got a text from a listener who says, you mentioned Bo Baldwin, former Eastern Washington head coach, being the common denominator for EWU being good. How do you think Cal Poly lines up the next two to four years, having easier access to Cali recruiting, warm weather, better education than EWU, etc.? What influence does that have? I'll let you start. There are a lot of factors that come with that, that yes, there are better access to California recruits. Yes, there's better weather. 
the academic standards at Cal Poly are a big factor in all of this as well. I mean, no if, with with that kind of student athlete that you need to recruit to come there. I mean, that, that's a yep. big reason why they stay in state. Cal Poly is a, a very well thought of academic institution. Uh, I think the statistic that Tim Walsh, former Cal Poly head coach, gave me was the only schools that have a larger total number of applications and accept a smaller percentage of said applications are the Ivy League schools. Wow. And that tells you right there. And you go to schools like Army, Navy, down the line. Why do teams run the triple option? What yep. Cal Poly did. Yep. Well, what you do, and there's no discredit to anybody here, but if you have maybe a little bit of a, a lack of athleticism collectively within your team, sure. that's the system that you can run. And I think that Bo Baldwin is going to have a tremendous impact on Cal Poly. There's no, no doubt about that. Kenny, great coaches in baseball oh, conference history. I, when, when he was rolling at Eastern Washington, I mean, you can make the argument one of the best coaches just ever in Big Sky Conference history. No what he's going to do, and I think the challenge of him coming back. I'm so intrigued to see their style of play, first off, yep. and how much the transition factor is going to take place. How long? This may be one of the few teams that benefits from not having a season or having that extra time is going to be Cal Poly and how they implement Bo Baldwin's system. I just don't I don't see the immediate impact. I think that you have to have respect with whatever Bo Baldwin team, um, whatever Bo Baldwin coach team is coming into your stadium to play. As far as the immediate impact culture, I'm not quite sure. Can they be a contender in the Big Sky Conference? Maybe sporadically, consistently? Uh, I'm still on the fence on that. Bo Baldwin got a, a stud junior college quarterback through. I think he had an inside track on to go to Cal when he's the offensive coordinator. He got him to flip to come to Cal Poly. So I think their quarterback wow. play will be good pretty early on. I also think that Cal Poly's probably had some skill players uh, specifically on the perimeter that have been underutilized. I mean, you see a guy like J.J. Koski. I mean, he was one of 11 guys out of the Big Sky Conference that got an NFL contract. And uh, that's coming from a triple option team. I mean, his numbers... His career numbers look like one season of Samari Torre, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yet, the production didn't matter. He went out and ran well, and he got himself at least a, a shot, a training camp invite. And they've always had, I mean, even, even back in the Rich Ellerson days at Cal Poly, they had great talent on the perimeter. I mean, Ramsey's Barden went on to play in the NFL for uh, a number of years. And I think that you're always going to be able to recruit skill players in the state of California. The number one thing that's going to be a, a, the major rebuild for Cal Poly is... Well, twofold. I think they need to refine their footing defensively. Where Cal Poly lost their track. Tim Walsh did a great job with Cal Poly when they first joined the Big Sky. They shared the Big Sky title in 2012, their first year in the league. They made the playoffs three times during his time uh, at the helm. But everybody tried to blame the triple option. It wasn't the triple option's fault. Cal Poly had the greatest lineage of linebackers and defensive play in the league besides Montana. I mean, you talk about... Nick DeZubnar, who's still in the NFL. Cameron Anka, who has a long career in the CFL. Uh, um, oh, man, one of, the, one of the other guys' names is escaping me. But they had, they had like a linebacker you think going on. I, mean, I think they had five consecutive pros playing linebacker at Cal Poly, and then that went away. And that was where they kind of lost some footing. But so they got to revitalize that portion of it. I think you can do that. But it's the line play. They never have recruited well on the offensive line. Well, they've recruited triple option-style guys. The most underrated part of Eastern Washington is the offensive line. The offensive line has you, – you, you don't consider it because during Bo Baldwin's time there, they are throwing the ball over the yard. But they had first-team all-league offensive linemen, I think, every single year for almost 20 years straight. That's what that region's going to give you, too. You're going to go get your skill guys on the west side of Washington. 
You're going to get your big farm boys on the east side of Washington. So, uh, I don't know. I think that it is going to be a challenge because I think that Bo Baldwin took what he had in terms of the advantages and disadvantages that exist in Cheney, Washington, and maximized them better than any coach they've ever had. Well said. And uh, I think he's a smart enough guy. Love Coach Baldwin. Co- coach Baldwin was the first coach I covered coming out of college. He was the coach at Central Washington, uh, and then got the job. Went back to Eastern, been at Eastern as the OC, then went back to Eastern after just one year at Central. Uh, but I mean, I've always been a, a big fan of his. I think he's an excellent coach. He's smart enough to figure it out. He'll he, he's going to redefine. He'll figure out what the advantages and disadvantages are at Cal Poly as well, and, and I think he'll get it rolling. Okay, before we talk a little bit of NFL, first of all, we got something else for you. I'll hook you up again. Got some Dobie's Teriyaki. If you haven't been to Dobie's Teriyaki, you need to go. Seattle-style teriyaki like nobody else anywhere besides Seattle, in my in my personal opinion. It's a awesome place. I want you to go down there. I want you to order the steak and onions. It's good as it gets steak on a big, big bed of rice. It's delicious. 361-3688. First caller got 25 bucks to Dobie's Teriyaki. And... Right, I want to ask you this. You mentioned that you think Cameron Sermon, Missoula Central quarterback, he's getting recruited as an athlete. Uh, and I, I, I'm not going to ask you about him as much because I know you, you haven't probably been diving into the, uh, the intricacies of high school football recruiting quite yet. But tell me this. In your opinion, how much has the quarterback position evolved to where uh, Cameron Sermon, he's listed at 6'1". He's not 6'1". I interviewed him after the state championship game. He's 5'10 and a half, 5'11". But I don't think that matters. What do you think? I don't just, just broadly from the quarterback position. I don't think it matters either with the way that the quarterback position has transitioned. And I think I know where you're going with this, and it's a perfect example when it comes to Sermon himself. But style of play, for what he can do, mm-hmm. I think his strengths, obviously, being able to be a dual-threat guy. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's what it's all about to me anymore. I don't care if you're six foot, especially at the FCS level, even more so. 6'3", compared to 5'10", but this 5'10 guy could run and he's an accurate thrower? Yeah. Okay, I, I would take that guy nonstop if you're asking me to compare the two. He's got the capability. If they put him at quarterback and he excels, I mean, I don't want to take your analogy because I'll give you full credit for that, but yes, a Dalton Sneed. I mean, that, that sounds pretty darn good. He reminds me of Sneed, man. He's got similar leadership characteristics. Uh, I think that... Um He's not quite as tall as Dalton Sneed, but I think he has the chance to be a little bit bigger, more sturdy in frame. The other thing is, I mean, they threw him at corner in the state championship game for the second half, and he just badgered those Billings West receivers to death, so he's tough. And that's, well, and that also leads me to the other side of it. He can be utilized on the defensive side, too, where it could be more of, you're, you're right that he could maybe play quarterback but at the same time where's the need? Where does, where does it fit more for this Bobby Houck system? That could be defensively. Grizz football is not back yet. It could be back in the spring. It might be back in the fall. But some sports are back. Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the action, whether it's NFL, college football, FBS college football, MMA. Silver Slipper has it all on for you. Drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team than Silver Slipper. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, the urge to have a good time. Oh, and the card room is back open with games every single night starting at 7 p.m. Call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500. Or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of the Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Walmart on Brooks. Check them out on Facebook for daily drink specials as well. Stay up to date. That's MissoulaPoker.com for the Silver Slipper. 
Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get out, and we're going to come back. We're going to give you a little bit of NFL. i got to get Corcoran's takes. Somehow the donkeys ruined every single one of my bets last weekend. <laughs> and, of course uh, they did. I need someone to tell me that's not Ryan Tutel, that Drew Locke is not good. Tutel and Iwana's Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, sitting in. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Ryan Tutel out for the week. Coulter Nuanas riding with you all the way until Thanksgiving. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me today. Statewide, SWX Montana, television worldwide, 129 ESPN.com. Missed anything in the show? Check it out on the podcast. Podcast is available to you on all your podcasting platforms. You can also find it on the website, 129 ESPN.com. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. NFL, huh? Oh, Riley's, let's go. Ex- Riley's excited because he loves the NFL. And he hardly gets to talk about it on the actual radio machine. So let's get into I've it. I've been bursting out. I mean, we were going over segments and talking points. My like, great NFL. Let's go. Let's dive in. What do you got for me? Okay. So I think that now we've reached what? Uh, week 11. Yep. So every, every team in the league has 10 games under their belts. And I think that. Uh, with the way that the NFL format works now, where you play everybody in your division home and away, and then you play a different division, and then you have a couple crossover games. This year, some of the divisions are are they're, they're so lopsided, and so I think that the first eight games of the season, it was a little bit hard to decipher like the power rankings of the NFL because like the Rams, for example, started four and zero because they beat the entire NFC East. What do we know about the Rams? Well, I don't think we knew much until last night. I think now here we have the Rams. Two excellent wins in a row. You take down the Seattle Seahawks. You take down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Rams move into my my uh, uh, categories. So I got four categories here. I, got, I guess I have five categories for you here. Okay. We know they're good. The teams that are on the rise. The teams that seem to be fading. The teams that we wonder, are they ready yet? And the teams we still don't know. So I'll take the Rams out of the teams we still don't know and put them into the rising category. Do you agree? Absolutely agree. I, I would have even put before last night. I kind of I I know who the Rams are. I think last night was just more of the solidification of like, all right, th- this team's legit. 
McVay deserves a ton of credit for re-evolving himself. I think the NFL is so fascinating to watch because we're going to get into the Ravens here in a second Mm -hmm. of how you evolve. And if you don't evolve... What happens to you? You go back to the wayside just like that. That's exactly and, right. And the Rams, yeah, they had a down year. But McVay has led the charge there. They look like a well-oiled machine. I, who, I'm going to do it. I think the Rams are going to win that division. Wow. I think they're going okay. to win the NFC West. Well, you know, I uh, one late summer night after uh, more than one beer, <laughs> I put $100 on the Rams to win the NFC. And I got them at 65 to 1. Whoa. So I'm pretty excited about the Rams I, surge. I don't know why I thought that. I just <laughs> believed in it at the moment. And then I thought I was really questioning myself when they were up and down. And then all of a sudden, here they are surging in their 7 and 3. NFC Championship Week. They are the road team. I don't know who they're playing, but let's just say they're on the road. Do you hedge your bet? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> so here's so, okay, so let's get into that. Okay. So first yeah. of all, I think that the Bucks now drop into. Um, I don't know what category they are. Are they in the fading category right now, or are they just still a mystery? To me, the Bucks are one of the most mysterious teams in the NFL. And I think they're going to be like that until the playoffs because right. there's still that calm sense that ah, Brady will figure it out. And they still might. And one week they just drill the Packers, and right. the next week they just look terrible. And next week they played the Chiefs. And you know what? If they win by 20 or lose by 20... I don't. I mean, if they beat the Chiefs by twenty, I guess I'd be a little surprised. Sure. But it wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if sure. they won or lost that game either way. I think that they're going to get themselves right, so to speak, in yeah. December with a weaker schedule. But I, I'm still the Bucks aren't a contender right now. I don't think. And that's why the NFC is so fascinating because I think we've seen some huge weaknesses in the Bucks. I think we've seen some huge weaknesses in the Packers. The Vikings, the Vikings started off so poorly. They kind of gained some traction, but then they lose a horrific game to the Cowboys. The Bears are fading. The NFC East throw them in the trash heap. And then in the NFC West, it's like, okay, the Rams look great last two weeks. The Seahawks have been on fully exploited, but then had the great win over the Cardinals. And then the Cardinals are a team that if they get hot at the right time, could beat anybody, but are they ready yet? So, I mean, who's your number one power rankings? Who's your number one team in the NFC? Number one team in the NFC? It's got to be the Saints, right? It's the Saints and the Rams. The Rams were really Man. close. Seriously, I, I am that high on the, the Rams. The last two weeks, they put it up yeah, there for it. I agree, though. I, I think that they're trending in the right direction. Seattle, as you mentioned, they're fading. Tampa Bay, eh, fading a little bit. Green Bay, do you trust them? Not really. Uh, New Orleans, with, with a healthy Drew Brees. I have to put that in there. With a healthy Drew Brees, New Orleans was my pick. And that's not a big outlandish pick. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the season, ride the Brees magic. I think that's sure. going to happen. I would say right now it's Saints Rams. I mean, is the best team in the NFC. You're th- who? Who do you have? Well, I think that I don't know what happened, but the Saints defense was so lackluster the first six or seven weeks of the year. But they've been really good. They've been what we expected. The secondary's back. It should be one of the best secondaries in the league. They have been the last couple weeks. Winning with Taysom Hill is impressive, but it's against the Falcons, so I just don't really know. I, I think that coming into the year, I thought the Saints were the the overwhelming favorite in the NFC, and. Uh, I still think that they're there just because I still think everybody else has flaws, but the Rams have proven that they can win ugly and win pretty, and uh, that's impressive to me. Would you say the the Rams are the favorite to win the West right now? Because I think everybody here, especially in the Pacific Northwest or what, it, Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. Oh, I mean, I, I, I have never been more mad on this radio show <laughs> than when Ryan Tutel is trying to tell me the Seattle Seahawks are going to win the NFC. I, I, I wasted a week 
of it. I kept going in on it. We did five hours of two tall Nuanas. Are one you week. sure he wasn't just trying to poke the bear? No, no, no. He okay. he thought that Russ cooking was the way to to the glory. No. And I said, hey, here's the deal. They can get to where they always get to. 11 and 5, maybe even 12 and 4, right in it to the division, maybe even win the division, get a home game in the playoffs, win a game. I said they will not win the conference. You cannot win the conference with that bad a defensive line play. You, you can't not rush the passer and go to the Super Bowl. It, I, it's never happened before. No. That would be an unprecedented representation in the Super Bowl. Green Bay kind of falls in that. I mean, just soft defensively for sure. in that for sense. For sure. But too. Green Bay is significantly better defensively than Seattle. That's yeah, what's crazy. That is crazy. Okay. So let's talk uh, some of the rising teams in the league. Okay. I think the Colts other than the Rams, uh, are the team that have made the biggest statement the last couple weeks. I still don't trust the Colts, though. I don't trust them that here, they can here, win big games. Okay, so, so so follow me here. We're, okay. we're, we're running out of time. I wish we had more time to do this. But the way that the NFL at large has branded the Colts, I think impacts all of our analysis of the Colts. You still think of them as like AFC version of the great show on turf. The Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Edger and James, Marshall Falk Colts. That's not what this team is. They're nasty on def- defense. Nasty. They, I mean, they beat the Titans into straight submission. They pummeled them. That was the most And then impressive. to go and beat the Packers the very next week, not have a letdown during a short week. Now they got the Titans again this week. I think they have a chance to really make a statement and really affirm a control of that division. If they win this week, I'm a believer. But I, I still would, in a big picture, I'd give me the Titans all day. What do you think of the Buffalo Bills? I think they're ready to take the next step, but as far as are they going? If you're asking me if they're going to beat Pittsburgh or Kansas City in the playoffs, no way. They're not ready for that yet. They're they're too inconsistent. I love the makeup of their team. I love how they built the team, and I love success stories in the NFL because we all know this. The word parody is thrown around. It's so drastic from year to year. They've made the biggest leap, and they're ready to take over that division. I see them winning a playoff game, but I. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh, Kansas City in the playoffs. Okay, we got 50 seconds left. Tell me, who are your picks right now for the NFC and AFC Championship games? Kansas City Yep. in Pittsburgh. Kansas yep. City wins that one okay. in Pittsburgh. In the NFC, I'm going to go Saints-Rams. 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 Wow, yep. I love it. Yep. You heard it here yeah, first. You got, you got an ear? We run out of time? Uh, I mean, yeah, you we, got, we got 25 okay. seconds. I, I would say, I, I think that it's... I, 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 I honestly... I think that it's the Saints and whoever's hot. Okay. And I think that there's a variety of teams that could be hot, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Cardinals even, or the Rams. And I think in the AFC, I think it's the Chiefs and the Steelers. I think you're right. I love it. Riley Corker, thanks so much for being with us, man. Thanks. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.